Mark Twain once said, Banaras is older than history, older than tradition, older even than legend and looks twice as old as all of them put together. Banaras It is believed to be the original ground created by Lord Shiva and Goddess Parvati. Those who die here are guaranteed liberation or mukti from the cycle of repeated birth and death. Manikarnika The chief burning ghat on the Ganges banks is never without a body burning on the pyre. This is said to be every Hindu's duty to ensure that Manikarnika never goes idle. Considered as the holiest of Hindu cities, this town breeds divine bliss. And today, on the Indian podcast, we will be talking about the living history of Banaras, which is one of the oldest continuously inhabited cities in the world. Joining me on the show is Ms Pooja Sodhi who's a seasoned marketing professional and a blogger. She has been studying Indian traditions and is a cultural enthusiast and writes about them on a blog poojasodhi.com. Hi Pooja, how are you? Hi Alicia, all good and I'm very happy to be here today with you. Same here. Well Pooja, before we talk about the mythology and the history and the culture of Banaras, I know that you're born and brought up in uh, Varanasi Banaras. So could you describe the city to us? Also, you know, is this representation that we see of Banaras in an exclusive form, a uh, Hindu form, a conscious effort or is that how the city is? What do you have to say? I have started to appreciate the city only when now that I'm staying away from it. Kashi Banaras, Avimukt, Varanasi, by whatever name you call it, it's a beautiful city. It is called City of Shiva. It has its own watchman in the form of Kal Bhairav. It's a city where people throng to attain moksha and turn towards for enlightenment or for peace. It is a mix of ancient and modern, old rituals mingling into ways of modern world, or an internet cafe built into Akhara grounds. such intermingling sites are no more a rarity small meandering gullies which house quaint shops selling suparis bangles sarees jewelry utensils or modern toys which leads towards kashi vishwanath temple cows cycle rickshaws cars and human beings all jostle for that tiny space called roads the sounds of banaras reverberate with the cacophony of life walking through the beautiful ghats and temples at every nook and corner you start wondering about the journey of this oldest living city in the world as it walks gracefully in the 21st century keeping pace with the rest of the world as you quoted the famous mark twain description of the city of varanasi it is one of the oldest living cities of the world as old as jerusalem or athens as another visitor to the city reverend emish sharing a missionary who visited banaras in mid 19th century quoted 25 centuries ago at least it was famous banaras has never been an important political city until now but the city has always been politically and socially conscious and this can be observed at the numerous tea shops that dot throughout the city where a cross section of people from all strata of life throng the shops for their daily dose of tea and heated discussions on various topics everything is discussed local national or even international news is read digested and debated 
This is the place where Ganga River turns towards north from where it originated. It is the direction of pole star or the north star which never moves and remain unchanged. The direction of south traditionally denotes the direction of death. It is also the direction where the Ganges culminates in the sea. Even the crematoriums in the older times were situated in the south direction. This makes the city a unique phenomena where the river meanders in a crescent moon shape towards the north direction and the city is situated few hundred feet above the river, making it the land of immortality and the water even more holy. In this land of Shiva, the ascetic god who enables you to escape the cycle of life and death and attain moksha, makes the city attain special significance. Hence, why people feel the need to die in this place or get cremated in this holy land. Those who do not get this privilege instruct their children to immerse their ashes in Ganges in this city to be freed from the burden of the cycle of reincarnation. This reminds me of another story about the founder of Banaras Hindu University, Pandit Madan Mohan Malviyaji, who while he was on his deathbed, refused to be moved to Kashi to die. The university is established outside the traditional holy grounds of the ancient Kashi. He is reported to have said that he does not want to be liberated and attain nirvana as there is so much more left to do in his next lifetime in this world. As another visitor to Varanasi in 1860s, Norman Macleod, a British civil servant, wrote, Banaras is to the Hindus what Mecca is to the Muhammadans and what Jerusalem was to the Jews of old. It is the holy city of Hindustan. I have never seen anything approaching to it as a visible embodiment of religion, nor does anything like it exist on earth. It is said that if you visit Banaras, you get the holy benefit of visiting all Tirths at one place. The city has representation of all dhams, Tirths, Jyotirlings, directions to the multitudes of Shivlings, at the various ghats and temples. Kashi is not the city of Shiva only. He shares the city with the whole 30 million pantheon of gods in their various forms, both Vedic and post-Vedic. It is as if whole of India is represented in this small town and the history of the country seen in the stones of the city. Varanasi also holds the distinction of having two kings, the traditional ruling king of Banaras, who is said to be an incarnation of Lord Shiva in human form, who rules the city of Kashi as Kashi Naresh, and the Dome Raja, who rules the cremation grounds of Banaras. The importance of Dome Raja in the city has been highlighted in recent times, as he was one of the proposers of the name of Prime Minister Narendra Modi in the last Lok Sabha elections. The city epitomizes the resilience and unity of the Hindus. The multiple devastations that the city experienced, it was rebuilt by Hindus all over India and ensured its perpetual rebirth and existence. It is said, Kashi ke kankar me shiv, that is the Shiva resides in all the stones of Kashi and it remains even today the spiritual epicenter of the country. 
Wow, Pooja, that was so beautiful. The way you described the city, I actually feel like going to Varanasi. I've never been to this uh, place before, but definitely very soon I'm going to take a trip. Now, Pooja, we know that Varanasi is famous for its mythology. There are stories of its origin, uh, like the one I mentioned earlier where Varanasi was founded by Lord Shiva. Then there is this whole story about the fight that happened uh, between Lord Brahma and Lord Vishnu. And, uh, you know, Lord Shiva was also a part of it. And we also see that even the Pandavas from Mahabharat are said to have visited the city in search of Lord Shiva. So could you tell us more about the famous mythological tales that one gets to hear about, uh, you know, this place called Kashi? I mean, we know it's called by different names, uh, Kashi, Banaras, Varanasi, and then there are more. So could you tell us about the names and the mythology of the city? Yeah, this question probably needs a full episode because there are so many stories that relate to the mythology around the city. And uh, yes, next time, uh, as soon as this COVID nightmare ends, let's uh, do the Banaras trip together. I haven't been to the city in last two years. <laughs> Done. Well, uh, the most ancient name of the city is Kashi. This name was used uh, 3000 years ago to refer to the kingdom by the same name of which this city became the capital. On the outskirts of this city, Gautam Buddha gave his first sermon in 6th century BC at a place which is now known as Sarnath. The city is also mentioned as the town of Kashi in the famous Jatak tales from the Buddhist tradition. The name Kashi is also said to have come from the name of an ancient king Kash, whose descendants later formed the dynasty of King Devash of Kashi. It may have also come from the sacred tall spur flowering grass which was known as Kash or Kush that grew on the riverbanks. Kash in Sanskrit means to shine or to look brilliant. And in the Kashi Khand or the Kashi Mahatamya, which is the eulogy of Kashi in Skand Puran, it says, and I quote, because that light, which is the unspeakable Shiva, shines, Kashate, here, let its other name be called Kashi. The modern name Varanasi is also an ancient name that is found both in Mahabharat as well as in the Buddhist Jatak tales. It is said to denote the area between the Varuna River in the north and the Assi River in the south. It is the Pali version of this name Varanasi, which was Baranasi, became Banaras. And the name Benaras was an anglicized version of the original Banaras. Another name for this city is Avimukt, which means never forsaken. In Matsapuran, Shiva says, and I quote, because I never forsake it, nor do I let it go, this great place is therefore known as Avimukt. It is said that even in the time of universal destruction, or pralaya, which we call, Shiva never leaves Kashi, but holds the city above with the flooded waters on its trident, or Trishul. It is also believed that Kashi can never be destroyed in earthquake because of the same reason. The mythical beginnings of the city can be traced to the forest of bliss, Anandvan or Anandkanan. And Shiva explains in another Puran, and I quote, My links are everywhere, like little sprouts arisen out of sheer bliss. Thus it is called the forest of bliss, unquote. There are many other names by which the city is known. 
another one being the rudravas where shiv resides based on another name of the god rudra and mahashamshan the great cremation ground it is also believed that unlike other cities where the dead can only be cremated in the designated cremation grounds in banaras the land is so holy that you can burn the dead anywhere there are many stories around how the city came into being and most of these stories are associated around with its most revered citizen lord shiva it is said that when shiva married parvati her mother was said to be little concerned with the lifestyle of shiva who at that point resided on the kailash parvat he sat on the tiger hide lived under the tent of elephant hide ate berries and fruits for food not something a parent would want his daughter to uh, experience thus he chose the city of varanasi to bring his bride home another uh, story or celebration associated with shiva and banaras is around holi now many of the celebrations and stories on holi in the country are centered around lord krishna however in banaras the festival is closely associated with its most famous resident lord shiva and holi starts getting played with flowers and colors few days before the festival and with the ashes the next day it is the famous rangbhari ekadashi and mashane ki holi at banaras the tradition celebrates the marriage of lord shiva with goddess parvati on the day of mahashivratri and it is said that shiva brought her home to this city first time after his marriage before holi all the other gods joined in the celebration showered petals and color from the heavens on the married couple and his followers which included the motley crowd of ghosts and other animals along with the citizens of the city celebrated his arrival playing holi with the couple thus the tradition continues the banarsis start the festival by playing holi with shiva and parvati on rangbhari ekadashi and the celebrations continue for the next 6 days in the city banaras is also known as the city of moksha people believe in the blessing to embrace the death in this city where the fire burns perennially on the ghats of river ganga and the day after rangbhari ekadashi shiva along with his gunds or attendants as they are called celebrate the festival of holi as well as marriage on the burning ghats with the ashes from the funeral pyres the main cremation ground at banaras which is manikarnika bears witness to this unique tradition where amidst the gloom of cremation pyres the sight of shiva with his bhut gunds the ghostly hosts dance and celebrate with the ashes and the sight can be pretty disconcerting but the lord of the cremation ground dressed in the tiger skin adorned with the mund mala which is the garland of skulls and the last color of life the color of ash high on bhang is oblivious to his surroundings dancing amidst the burning pyres called mashane ki holi or shamshan ki holi meaning holi at the cremation ground or chita bhasma ki holi that is the holi of fire and ashes it is a tradition which is very unique to banaras and it is in this eternal city that people celebrate the eternal cycle of life and death side by side on the river ghats 
there are so many more stories around how the city came into existence whether it is the story of shiva parvati creating a space during the pralay which was a spot of pure light amidst the darkness and called it kashi the luminous one or the story which you said that narrates the arguments between brahma and vishnu on who is superior between the two and shiva settled the argument by appearing through the fiery shaft of light which did not have a beginning or an end this was the jyotirling or the ling of light and this luminous sacred emblem of shiva is said to have pierced the earth at kashi and thus the city is also known as city of light and there were many more stories but i thought i should uh, remain within a limit <laughs> yes well uh, but whatever you told us till now all these stories were very fascinating to hear now uh, pooja i was reading somewhere that aryans it said first settled in the ganges valley and by the second millennium bc varanasi uh, became the nucleus of aryan religion and philosophy and was also a commercial and industrial center uh, famous for its muslin and silk fabrics even perfumes ivory work and sculptures also excavations which were done in 2014 i was reading they led to the discovery of artifacts dating back to 800 bce and when further excavations were done at aktha and ramnagar these two sites in the vicinity of the city uh, they unearthed artifacts which dated back to 1800 bce so it seems like it supports the view that the area was inhabited uh, by this time so could you please uh, tell us more about you know um, the historical development of this city alisha the ancient lore around the presence of city has never been established but it does found mention in upanishads wendy donegar has quoted that the city was in existence at least 900 years before bc gautam buddha we know gave his sermon in 528 bc so at least the city was definitely prospering at that time most of the heritage towns and cities in ancient times were established on the rivers and thus banaras was no exception so to say that aryans came and settled in the ganges valley can be a very true statement banaras was a rich international center for trade from the khyber pass in the northwest to the eastern region of the subcontinent the city was famous as you said in those times for its silk and muslin and it is said that gautam buddha requested that his body be draped in the muslin cloth from banaras after his death for his cremation rites the hinduism tradition dates itself from the ancient times through the presence of deities associated with nature during the first millennium of bc there were no great temples but small shrines or rocks at the base of trees similar to what is still seen in india at road sides they were gods associated with life and death health and disease like the shitla devi who is worshiped even today there were yakshas yognis gands or devis who were local to the village or to the region like the mansa devi of the sundarbans lore they were however worshiped with flowers and incense offered milk and other food offerings which is the tradition that still continues to be followed it is only during the modern period that these gods began to be worshiped in the human form and it is in this period that varanasi became the center of learning the sages or the rishis were not just brahmins 
who practice the traditional Vedic rites of the Aryans, but also teachers of new philosophical thought. Sarnath continued to be the center for Buddhist monastic traditions, and Emperor Ashoka built a great stupa in the 4th century BC. Huen Sang, who visited Varanasi in the 7th century around 635 AD, and he wrote about how the city was a religious and artistic center and had some 30 temples and 3,000 monks. Varanasi was also the center of Jainism, and some of the Jainis or Tithankas are believed to be born in Banaras. In this era, the pursuit of wisdom or the Gyan was the important thread of Hinduism. The focus was not on the ritual traditions of Vedas, but on the inherent knowledge of their meaning. From here emerged the Upanishad philosophy, the yoga, and the later schools of religious and philosophical thought. Banaras thus was associated with this pursuit of transformational wisdom, and anyone who ever proposed a new theory or a new interpretation of an old theory had to come and defend it here in this city. Hence, the city was uh, known also as the city of enlightenment, the place where the essence of Brahm is illuminated. India's greatest philosophers and scholars visited Varanasi. Patanjali, the grammarian in the 2nd century BC, Adi Shankara in the 8th century AD, and Ramanuj, the theologian in the 11th century. The city of Buddha was not the city of temple, but it was in the later centuries that the temples emerged, idols were worshipped, and other popular rites of puja and prayer that we are familiar with today started. All the multitudes of deities were incorporated under the umbrella of Vishnu, Shiv, and Goddess Shakti. The primary focus of Vedic traditions towards Yag was given way to theism, the religious life focused on God between the periods of Mauryan Empire in the 4th century BC to the Gupta Empire in the 6th century AD. Many of the religious texts that we see today were also written during this period, including the Purans, which established the holiness of the city Kashi. Well, Pooja, I have to say that you definitely told us a lot about, you know, how Varanasi um, developed with time. But there's one period that I really want to talk about. Now, it is said that Varanasi declined during the Muslim rule in India, starting from 1994 uh, with Kutupuddin Ebak. Uh, now, many of the city's Hindu temples, uh, it said, were destroyed during this period, and learned scholars, they actually fled to other parts of the country. And the first time that any Mughal ruler gave some attention to Banaras was during the reign of Humayu. And then even Akbar uh, brought some relief to the city's religious and cultural activities. But then again, we see Shah Jahan, he ordered almost 100 temples to be destroyed. And then Aurangzeb, of course, accelerated this policy of persecution and bigotry. So could you actually tell us uh, more about this period and how many of these Muslim rulers uh, tried to wipe out the city's heritage? Yeah, what you said is very true. Uh, between the first Islamic invasion in uh, 1033 AD, Till 1708 AD, when Aurangzeb died, these 600 years saw the city of Kashi plundered and destroyed again and again. But it continued to be reborn through the efforts of the many. It is in the human nature that 
for the men in power to leave their mark on this earth in some physical form or the other and banaras is witness to this in the form of temples mosques and other buildings it is because of these multiple devastations that none of the ancient temples have survived in the modern day varanasi the only temple in its original state to be seen today is the 10th century kardameshwar temple of shiva in kandura or kandwa village near banaras in university the first recorded invasion has been in 1033 ad by muhammad ghazni's son nial tagin however by the end of 11th century gahadwal dynasty regained the control of the city of kashi and built the magnificent adikeshav temple in 1194 ad muhammad gauri's commander kutubuddin aibak who also became the first muslim king of india attacked and razed banaras to the ground the documented history notes the destruction of almost 1000 ancient temples and mosques were razed in their places the loot from the plundered city required 1400 camels to carry the city was attacked again in 1300s by firosha tughlaq and by 1353 ad hindus had built the two grand temples padmeshwar and manikarnikeshwar along with the vishveshwar but their glory was short lived as they again in 1376 ad when alauddin khilji attacked and destroyed many temples in the 1400s under the rule of sharki kings of jaunpur the temples were destroyed again and their stones and pillars were used for their mosques and gardens in 1496 ad varanasi was under attack again when sikandar lodi ordered complete destruction of all hindu temples in the city during these multiple attacks the scholars fled towards south and the great center of learning that enriched banaras were also destroyed in the process however as the reach of muslim rulers reached south this migration stopped and they started coming back and by the middle of 16th century the hindu scholars from maharashtra and karnataka started the resurrection of the sanskrit learning and the hinduism in varanasi again most influential among them was narayan bhat the maharashtrian brahmin there was relative peace in the mughal area starting with humayun who donated money for the construction of jangambadi math or monastery in varanasi and it was under the emperor akbar's reign rajput kings and ministers in akbar's court raja todarmal and raja mansingh revitalized banaras by reconstruction of many ghats and temples in 1585 ad the temple of vishveshwar which is the modern day vishwanath temple and bindu madhav were built but towards the end of shah jahan's reign many temples again were ordered to be destroyed and in 1869 the city suffered an onslaught worse than it had ever seen before under the rule of aurangzeb the kashi vishwanath temple was destroyed for the third time and the gyanwapi mosque constructed in its place and so also the magnificent bindu madhav temple where in its place the alamgir mosque stands today and in a bitter revenge against the city aurangzeb tried to raise the very identity of banaras by renaming it muhammadabad 
and issued coins in that name. The name did not survive, however. These 600 years were very difficult for the Hindus in India, but especially it was felt in Banaras. It was only after the death of Aurangzeb that the real construction of Varanasi began. Many of the important temples in Ghats were restored and re-erected through the efforts of Bhosles of Nagpur, the Marathas and the Peshwas, the Holkars of Indore, the Ranas of Mewar, the Sindhyas of Gwalior, the Marajas of Bandi, and many other kings in South, including the Vijayanagar Empire. All right. Well, Pooja, as you just mentioned, that after the setbacks that the city had to face during the reign of the Mughal Emperor Aurangzeb, uh, later the Maharatas and the Sindhyas um, and the kings of South and all the other names that you mentioned, they sponsored a new revival uh, for Banaras. And we also know that it became an independent kingdom in the 18th century. And under British rule, I was reading, it remained a commercial and religious centre. And then in 1910, the British made Varanasi a new Indian state. So could you tell us a little bit more about how you know the city rose and thrived through all the insanity of religious warfare? And could you tell us more about this particular period? Okay, Alicia, going ahead. By 1738 AD, Panaras once again had its own master under Maharaja Balwan Singh. The dynasty continues even till today. And even though the princely states have been abolished, the nominal Maharaja Banaras still remains in the city and revered as such. Uh, one of the most famous kings in recent times was Maharaja Chet Singh, who challenged the authority of Warren Hastings the then Governor General of India under East India Company. It was in 1781 AD that Chet Singh resisted the imposition of additional tax which was imposed by British and he was house arrested in his own fort at Ganga Ghat from where he escaped through a window using rope made of turbans. The rebellion which was led by Ahirs of Banaras, the milkman community, forced Hastings to withdraw. However, by 1794, Banaras too was under the British Raj. A lot of modern-day Banaras or Varanasi that you see around, the cemented roads through the older parts of Banaras from Godolia to Chalk, the newly established Banaras of Laksa, Cantonment and other areas, what was called Pakka Mahal, was developed during the British period. And many inland lakes, ponds and streams were dried, filled up, and land reclaimed for other purposes. The establishment of Sanskrit University in 1791 by Warren Hastings led the way for formal Sanskrit learning in Varanasi. This was also one of the first formal educational institutes to be established in Banaras. In 1916, Lord Harding, the then Viceroy of India, laid the foundation stone for the establishment of Banaras in the university. The idea for establishing a modern Hindu university, which while teaching the modern sciences, languages and other subjects, would also help in preserving the Hindu thought and culture. It was proposed in 1904 by Pandit Madan Mohan Malviya. It was supported by Annie Besant and with the financial support from many kings and other wealthy men in India, and the donation of land by Kashi Naresh, 
this university was established through an act of called bhu act in 1915 mahatma gandhi established the kashi vidyapeet in 1921 which was independent of british control this was also the period the river front along with its ghats and many temples was being rebuilt during the freedom movement in the 20th century britishers had banned the tiranga the tricolor flag everywhere banaras showed the way by creating a special mithai or a sweet the tirangi barfi of banaras it was invented in the mid 1940s by a local sweet shop the sweet was made of badam kaju and pista and saffron used to color the top layer the tricolor sweet along with others which were called jawahar laddu moti pak madan mohan gandhi gorav were also made through word of mouth these sweets became famous around the whole city so much that they started to be served in the kitchens of britishers and the local british government officers were rumored to become become afraid of this food revolution the tirangi barfi caught the imagination of many across other cities of india and started being made at other places so if you eat the tirangi barfi now even though it is made only of khoa today remember the origins of this sweet they originated in the british era well honestly i have to say i have had the rangi barfi before but never knew about this story definitely i will remember it next time i have it yeah it is a very interesting story which i also uh, figured out only few years uh, before when i visited the sweet shop where it originated so next time on your next time when you make a trip to banaras we'll go and have it together <laughs> definitely well pooja moving ahead and talking about banaras as the city of knowledge and the cultural capital of india we know it has been a center of learning through ages it is associated with promotion of spiritualism mysticism sanskrit yoga hindi language and it has many schools including the famous banaras hindu university which you mentioned about earlier as well i was also reading that ayurveda is said to have originated here then of course we know the city is host to numerous religious festivals it's also the center of arts and craft of music and dance and it's famous for its production of silk and brocades uh, with gold and silver thread work as well as wooden toys bangles made of glass Uh, ivory work and brassware from early days now could you tell us a little bit more about this city of knowledge and the cultural capital of india yeah sure my favorite topic uh by the end of the gupta period in the 6th century the religious life of kashi included all devotional movements the buddhist and the jainism vaishnava and the shaiva shakti and the tantric Banaras was at the helm of Brahmanical Hinduism, and it established itself also in the field of learning. Apart from the three universities which I mentioned before, any basant founded the Theosophical Society to bring reforms against the repressive practices in the field of caste, education, and women conditions. In mid 1960s, Institute of Tibetan Studies was formed for Tibetan language, religion, culture, and arts. while under the britishers as well as with the abolition of privy purses in independent india musicians and other artisans suffered through the loss of patronage provided by the kings and the men of wealth however the banaras gharana of music the banaras khyal and the other local music forms like tappa thumri 
birha dadra continue to enthrall the music lovers even now the city was also a center for the making of musical instruments which were commissioned from many parts of the country from the like of vocalists like janki bai gohajan rajeshwari bai kashi bai rasulan bai suddeshwari devi girja devi rajan sajan mishra to musician ravi shankar kishan maharaj and shamta prasad the tap tabla maestros birju maharaj and sitara devi from the kathak gharana and many others who were born in banaras or who made their home here ustad bismillah khan used to do his shanai practice at the balaji ghat every morning kashi was also home to the weaver poet san kabir in 14th century whose writings still remain relevant and so was the sant ravidas a 15th century reformer who worked in the tannery industry but the most illustrious son of this city's title is reserved for sant tulsidas who wrote the ramcharitmanas and while he was writing this the orthodox pundits were so much against the rewriting of the venerated ramayan in the local uh, language that they used to throw the written manuscript pages every day in the waters of ganga river when tulsidas finished writing in order to prove the sanctity and value of this new scripture the pundits placed the manuscript at the bottom of vedas quran and other holy books at the kashi vishnath temple the doors were locked at the night and when they were opened the next morning the manuscript of ramcharit manas was at the top other well known doyans of hindi literature who were residents of the holy city were parthindu harishchandra devki nandan khatri jayashankar prasad premchandra kashinath singh and many many more while the city was famous for its silk and muslin weaving with the coming of mughals in the country the city also became famous for kinkhab and brocade weaving as also for zardozi embroidery the banarsi sarees are a must even today for every bride and it is my uh, uh, choice of attire that i go for every time the gyasar brocade is used for tibetan ceremonial costumes and ritual hangings with its monastic and mythical designs this brocade was also woven in banaras for thailand's royal family the mughals also brought the art of meenakari the enamel work and the city was famous for its gulabi meenakari which is the pink enamel work and is almost a dying art form today now we know that ramleela is performed in many parts of north india during navratras and banaras is one of the major centers for this theater form chetganj and ramnagar ki ramleela are the most famous ones Uh, many of you may not know ramnagar ramleela has been recognized as part of the intangible world cultural heritage by unesco it has been happening for more than 200 years now and it's a 31 day affair that turns the whole city of ramnagar into a theatrical stage various parts of the city have been designated as the locations mentioned in the ramayana for as many years as part of the staging the crowd also moves with the characters as per the enactment of the scene the ramnagar ramleela is performed against the backdrop of the recitation of the full ramcharitmanas along with the dialogues that were written by bhartendu harishchandra himself 
while the recitation of the ramayana is done by professional singers many people in audiences also carry their own text and recite along during holi the city hosts the budwa mangal as well as gulabbari on the ghats the artists perform on bajras floating on the river ganga varanasi from the ancient times is also famous for its wooden toys metalware which includes items made of bell metal brass and copper many of which represent the religious way of life in the city and it truly is a cultural capital of india represented across various art forms that you see here well puja today we spoke a lot about banaras like how it is famous for its mythology how you know historically the city was developed also how it is a center of learning and you know the cultural capital of india now we're almost at the end, end of this podcast and here i definitely want to know from you how would you describe the city today how do you think it has changed over the years and what still needs to be maybe changed in the city alisha you know the friend saying that the more the more things change the more they stay the same it cannot be truer than for banaras mahatma gandhi when he visited banaras in 1916 during the foundation stonging ceremony of banaras hindu university he visited the kashi vishwanath temple too on that visit one of the very few temples he is said to have visited in the whole of his lifetime and he said and i quote i visited the vishwanath temple last evening and as i was walking through those lanes these were the thoughts that touched me if a stranger dropped from above onto this great temple and he had to consider what we as hindus were would he not be justified in condemning us is not this great temple a reflection of our own character i speak feelingly as a hindu is it right that the lanes of our sacred temple should be as dirty as they are the houses round about are built anyhow the lanes are tortuous and narrow if even our temples are not models of roominess and cleanliness what can our self government be unquote so the city remains ever dirty even now and it is not only the duty of administration but also all of us banarasis who have to make and keep this city clean today banaras is home to all big brands of cars people flaunt expensive mobile phones designer bags or sunglasses but they still will eat and drink from the same neighborhood shop the garam doodh the hot milk topped with the saffron and pistachios and almonds from a halwai shop or pehlwan ki lassi or the malaiyo which is available only during the winter season or the famous chai walas of the city coexist with the new coffee shops that have opened up today while many brides prefer sabyasachi wedding finery or other designers they will still follow all the wedding rituals of their respective communities the tradition coexist with the modern demands of fashion while many of the old havelis have been turned into hotels or a bnb more needs to be done to preserve them so that their integral character is not lost the concept of forest of bliss mentioned in the purans had some evidence in the form of paintings by princep daniels and hodges where the temple spires were seen through the cover of green trees all of this is lost now being a temple town 
and that too the holiest of them all meant that many royal families have also visited banaras throughout its existence and the revival of city happened through the support of such royals who built havelis or mansions forts and palaces along the river front with them came the pilgrims from their hometown and many of them settled in varanasi over a period of time each community had its own mohalla or a colony and with them they brought their own culture and cuisine with the modern tourist crowd the city now boasts of japanese and lebanese restaurants as well as italian pizzeria with its own wood fired oven many of the foreigners who came to visit banaras settled in the city alice boner was one of the famous of them all the traditional banaras also represents the syncretic culture of india the relationship between different communities across religion is symbiotic like many of the artisans in the city are muslims while they sell their products through hindu traders varanasi is a microcosm of india as the city was constructed over centuries whole of india has got represented here in different forms mark twain has said and i quote the ganges front is the supreme show place of banaras unquote and it continues to remain so even today and that is the city of my birth that is the city my hometown the place i revel and the place i love on this earth well pooja i have to say that i got to learn a lot from you today about varanasi and that trip we planned while you know recording this podcast definitely i'll make sure we do it but yes you know you have a lot of knowledge about the city you've grown up there and it was lovely uh, knowing everything about the city from you so thank you so much uh, for being a part of the indian podcast and talking to us today yes uh, and i enjoyed it and i loved uh, telling the story of banaras through you thank you all right bye bye take care pooja thank you thank you and take care bye